Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. I've got an awesome guest for you today by the name of Dr. Ralph Esposito. Dr. Esposito is an integrative physician, a medical consultant, a hormone aficionado, a research analyst, an acupuncturist, author, and on a personal note, I feel as one of the coolest doctors out there sharing legit evidence-based health information with the sole intention to help people live healthy, long, feel great lives. We wrapped out New York where Ralph resides and enjoyed a really fun, geeky conversation. We took deep dives into hormone health, insulin resistance, lifestyle habits that support hormone health, sleep health, and a lot more. Ralph is rad, you guys, straight up. I cannot wait to have him back on the show and pick his brain again because it is an absolute wealth of knowledge and it is so supportive to all of us living with the aim to optimize our health and keep kicking ass inside and out in our lives. Be sure to follow Dr. Esposito on Instagram. His Instagram handle is at NYC. It is in the show notes. He posts such rad content that is so easy to absorb and retain. And that's a huge win for me, especially when you are dealing with biology and health because it's so complex. So, you know, doctors like him who are able to distill this complex information and deliver it to people like us who are not experts in a way that we can retain it is it's money. It's so important. Um, Also, before I hit play on this talk, you guys, I want to let you know about my weekly love notes. All of my email subscribers are now receiving one empowering bite-sized email with an audio version as well every Monday morning. And it's designed to fortify your mind, your heart, and your spirit with strength and confidence that will send you off into your day feeling like a badass because you are one. If you are not yet signed up to receive these love notes, you can do so via blackboutbeauty.com. It's also in the show notes. And you know, I love creating these for all of you. So I hope to see more of you signed up to receive them. Okay. It's time for me to drop you into this rad talk with my rad friend, super smart and wonderful Dr. Ralph Esposito. Enjoy. Boom, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do a little test, okay? Testing, testing. All right. This couch is gonna be epic. I may or may not cut this out. Probably (laughs) not, just warning. How are you, Ralph? I'm good, thanks for having me, I'm excited. thank you, I'm so stoked. Um, Thank you to our girl, Gabrielle Lyon. Yeah. Love her, I'm so grateful that she has aligned us to get down on an epic conversation here in New York City. In In the New York City, I mean, literally, you can't argue it's like the best place in the world. No, it's it's pretty all time. I mean, I, I lived it. here for six years, and it was perfect, you know? And now, and then my athletic roots and my nature roots just, you know, pulled me back to California. But it's that saying, you know, you can take a girl out in New York, but you can't take the New York out the girl. That's right. You Does know? it go for guys, too? I think so. We're going to talk about guys today. We're going to talk about I'm trusting and hoping that we will because you're an expert in that space. You you, so actually the first thing that I want to ask you is how do you introduce yourself? Because you have so many titles, integrative Mm. doctor, um, medical consultant, research analyst, Chinese medicine. How do you, how do you intro yourself? Oh boy. Uh, Ralph. (laughs) I'm Ralph. Nice to meet you. 
I, I read a lot of things. I wrote a few things and I help a few people. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. No, I don't, I don't, I never really introduce myself as Ralph and I don't even send my emails as Dr. Esposito. It's most of the time it's just, you know, it's, it's, I keep it, this is who I am. I didn't grow up and I never, I grew up trying to be as humble as possible. That's my parents are Italian immigrants from Italy off the boat. Like wow. my father was like, you don't need to buy like a $300 wallet. If it's a nice wallet, then nobody really cares what it looks like. And, you know, growing up, like you're like a teenager and I had like really nice shoes and all that stuff. You, you grew up here in New York, right? I grew up born and raised in New York. Amazing. Yeah, I grew up in Westchester. So okay. right outside. I did yeah. my undergrad at NYU. Uh, I still teach there, which is okay. great. And then practice in New York. It's just, I can't it's let this place time. go. I, I did a year of med school in Seattle. Okay. How's that? that? Uh, enough to bring me back. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because when I was there, people were like, New York gets more rainfall per year than Seattle. I said, yeah, I'd rather take it in like five days a month rather than 30 days a month. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I got to admit, though, I look around and I'm like, people are fucking lacking vitamin D and it's obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you know what I mean? Like when you're dialed in and you understand things like this, I'm like, I can see that you need some vitamin D. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, most people do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it just depends on. That was actually one of my first papers that I wrote as a, as a medical intern and, and, uh, at NYU urology was on the impact of vitamin D on uh, enlarged prostate. Oh, wow. And I really just dug into vitamin D. I was like, geez, this thing is important. Oh my God. It regulates over a thousand of our genes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hormone. It's a hormone. Dr. Wanda Patrick, when I discovered her years ago. She's brilliant. Oh man, I took so many deep dives and like went down so many rabbit holes with her her work and, and so I learned a lot about vitamin D through her. Yeah. Um but yeah, so wait, so can you give a little backstory about how you arrived? I know we kind of touched on it, but just to bring our audience a little bit more up to speed sure. with your expertise. I, I really wish I had a special like aha uh-huh, come to Jesus. <laughs> moment but really uh since i was a kid i was always the type of person who wanted to i hate to say it's like stubborn i was just like don't tell me what is right or what's wrong show me right and uh my father was really sick growing up he had his first heart attack at uh 50 oh wow yeah 50 or 47 I think it was 15. Either way, so yeah, young. really young, yeah. really young. So yeah. I have to be very, very careful, and I've already done the work the up on myself, and I know what I what I'm up against. Yeah. Um. So his doctors are always like, "Oh, you know, you had two heart attacks. Now we got to do this, and you know, now you have peripheral artery disease. Now we got to do this, and now you have asthma. I'm sorry, emphysema. You know, we have to do this. And most of the time, when I was a kid, I was so. I mean, when you're a kid, you're scared, right? Right. You're like, right. Man, my dad is sick. Right. And um. And I was like, geez, what are, what are we going to do? And thank, I was like, thank God, like medicine will help him. Yeah. And it completely let me down. Oh. It completely let me down. And actually, my father recently just passed away in June. Oh, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's actually, um, it's a learning experience. And I, I miss him dearly. But it's something that I wish nobody has to experience. Yeah. But uh, in that, it's a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. And I speak to my my siblings about it and I was like we have to do labs on you we need to be very vigilant and making sure you're okay so anyway medicine failed me medicine conventional like insurance based run-of-the-mill 15-minute visits yeah. surgery pharmaceuticals 
over everything failed me, failed my dad, failed my family. Uh, all of my dad's father, uh, siblings have died oh, from okay. either a heart disease or a chronic disease, cancer. Um, my uncles um, on my mom's side have always had heart disease, cancer, etc. So these are just wow. chronic disease in the family. Yeah, so it's there. totally. So it has completely failed right. the model of what we are experiencing today. So as I got older, I started realizing, like, geez, they really are doing nothing to help people. Yeah. Like, there is no statin to prevent my father's heart disease or, like, this requires a statin and lifestyle. Like, we need to to uh, blunt the spark that's yeah. causing the inflammation. Anyway, so I started realizing, like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. And I then started getting into nutrition. And I started doing some research and I was like, I want to become... I want like to be a doctor of nutrition, mm-hmm. but not a PhD. I want to like take food as medicine. And I started researching. I'm like, wow, there's something called naturopathic medicine, which actually actually exists. It takes food and nutrients and vitamins and nutrition and lifestyle and exercise and supplements and allows that to be the preventive treatment for chronic disease. And I didn't realize that you can actually make a profession out of it. So going through school, you know, even in undergrad, people were like, so I, I undergrad, uh, I majored in nutrition and dietetics and pre-med and undergrad at NYU. And then all my colleagues, all my friends were like, oh, I'm going to go be a DO or MD or whatever, or dentist. And I was like, I'm going to be an MD. And like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> I don't know. Where There's a lot of people who still don't. It's crazy. No, yeah. No, no, no. And oftentimes I just tell people like, you know what? I'm an integrative uh, practitioner. Yeah. That's really how I explain it. Well, what does that mean? Well, I utilize nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, sleep, supplements, and if necessary, medications, and then if necessary, surgery, but obviously that's not my field house. Right. So, um, I went to NYU, I did my training and then I went to naturopathic medical school. I, I interned at NYU urology with my mentor, Dr. Gio Espinoza, an exceptional naturopathic doctor here in New York. I was still at NYU, and that's where I learned a lot of the men's health stuff. Okay. So I started doing, uh, learning a lot about the integrative approach to medicine. So, mm-hmm. so functional medicine, I'm sure you're familiar with, yeah, and a course. lot of yeah. your listeners are familiar with. But yeah. most people don't realize that naturopathic medicine is functional medicine. It's yes. just a four-year medical degree that allows you to use um, the biophysiology and the uh, biochemical individuality of a person Mm -hmm. and look at the actual person and then try to treat them from a uh, multi-parametric approach. So I did that and then I decided that I wanted to also do acupuncture. Yeah. And then I fell in love with it. It's so cool. Oh my God, this stuff is amazing. It works so quickly. So it just works exceptionally well for, um, you know, pain, Mm -hmm. for uh, sleep mm-hmm. for hormonal imbalances, fertility, you know, right? fertility. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tons yeah. And tons. It's super, super helpful. So, um, and then I was just like, this stuff is amazing. Now I just like, anybody in my family like, you want some, ac-? like they're like, I want to like, I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'm needles around me. I carry them with me all the time. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, no, that makes sense. I would, if I were you. Yeah. And I, I needled myself the other night and my girlfriend's like, why are you doing that to yourself? Cause I said, my shoulder hurts. So I'm going to needle myself. And then, it's it's really can be a game changer. I believe that. Yeah, I haven't. I've done it here and there, but I haven't done too much of it. But it was great when I have. I think I, I have an injury from running um, mm-hmm. the beach because I do it all the time, and so I'm actually thinking about when I get back to LA to do some acupuncture on the. Yeah, right. You should. 
Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. What a great story. It actually, I want to kind of pull something out. We're going to go all over because I'm notorious for that. So hold on. Um, you know, just bringing up like all the issues that went down in your family. And then as you got deeper into medicine and health, um, you know, and especially like your parents coming from Italy, they're traditional, I'm sure in their diet and all, you know, how is that for you um, when you know all of the things that you know in health and maybe people that you love very dearly um, don't subscribe to it or, mm-hmm. you know, how do you work through that? I don't treat family. <laughs> that was so straight that's, an, that's a straight answer. Like, I don't okay. want to be your doctor. Yeah. I can't be your doctor. Yeah. Because if you think about it. Right? When you go to the doctor, you see the doctor on a Monday and you probably don't talk to them again for another four to six to eight Mondays from then. Yeah. Right. But if I'm your son or your brother or your whatever cousin yeah. and I see you on a frequent basis, yeah, I get so many small pictures that I don't see the progression. Mm. So, you know, for example, my mom has issues with hyperlipidemia. So she has high triglycerides and high cholesterol. She's on cholesterol medicine and mm-hmm. all the above. And I, the other day I called my sister, I said, you need to call mom. Why? What's going on? I said, well, she's still eating apple pie and rice cakes and cereal. And I'm like, her triglycerides are at like 300. Yeah. At one point they were 500. Like that is Dang. not good. No. Like, you know, we need to make sure mom is healthy. And yeah. I was like, but you have to tell her. Yeah. I told my sister, said, you have to tell her. I will not tell her. Because <laughs> a second, so, you know, at, I know a few things. Yeah, just a few. Right? <laughs> and I know nutrition very, very well. Yeah. And when somebody knows that I know more than they know mm-hmm. in nutrition, they get defensive. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like when you get pulled over by a cop. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I, like you know the law, so I must have done something wrong. And like you get all defensive and like right. protective. And it's right. like, why did you pull me over? And like that's how people talk to me when I'm when I talk to them about like let's go out to dinner and like oh like you're gonna judge me for eating this or eating that and like that no, happens I'm, to me and i'm not a doctor but i'm so deep into nutrition and you know and i yeah i i experience that in my own life yeah it's real <laughs> yeah so i, I just real. don't treat family yeah uh but the funny thing is is like when i give them advice aside from a few family members like they just take it like my brother and my good. sister they they take it my mom's a little bit more resistant yeah um but that's just her habit you right know? just exactly. coming from italy they grew up very poor yeah like the other day my mom's like you don't eat enough and i'm like you, you don't, don't eat enough yeah she's like you don't <laughs> eat enough you you need more like pasta and you need oh, more no. meatballs i was like mom I, I would love to but you don't want to see me at 240 pounds anymore Right, because I used to be two forty, two thirty, when I was like sixteen. Oh, so you I was had a fat little kid. That's amazing. Oh yeah, so my that... cousins would be like, "Ralph, what you have for breakfast? Hot dogs and hamburgers." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I had chocolate chip pancakes." Damn it. <laughs> Which I still love, by That's the way. That's amazing. Oh, Overco- really? Oh yeah, overcooked chocolate chip pancakes. I can't tell you the last time I had them. You, okay. But I love them. <laughs> you remember that you love them. <sighs> well, that must have been so interesting for you, and probably was also a catalyst to taking you into the deep waters of health um right like just being overweight and not you know yeah it sucked yeah it sucked I was an overweight kid I played soccer my whole life and Mm -hmm. I it's odd I was I was heavy yeah I wasn't like I want to say I was husky yeah you know I don't know if you know this but like they have a husky section 
it's, they don't call it fat. They don't call really? it like overweight. Yeah, there's like a husky section for kids. I feel oh, like I was, I was that when I was six. I had three knee surgeries. Oh, I man. blew out my knee from Taekwondo. And uh, prior to that, you know, I was like in my family, if I pulled up some pictures of my, I have two brothers that are bodybuilders, mm-hmm. natural bodybuilders, um, like at the elite level, Olympia wow. and all that. Yeah. Um, but I have three brothers total and a sister and we grew up as, you know, we're athletes. So I was a competitive runner. Anyways, Taekwondo blew out my knee. Um, and didn't know, didn't go to the doctor. Um, couldn't walk for three days, but then I started again. Anyways, I was on the American diet. And all of a sudden, two years of my life, I'm like going in and out of surgery and rehabilitation. And you can imagine Vicodin had to get mobility yeah. back in my knee, this whole thing. And all of a sudden, size two went. And, you know, and I, same, like the husky right. words, like, um, and that was the catalyst for me because I, I had no, I was like, what the fuck? I'm a mesomorph. I know mm-hmm. that, you know, and I understood that about my body um, at a very young age, but I was like, how do I get back to homeostasis? Right. You know, a lot of pain in that process, but a lot of beautiful things too. So anyways, back to you. So you were husky. I was a husky little kid. (laughs) Ralph, tell us how fat you were. Back to how fat you were, Ralph. Well, so, okay. So that actually pulls me um, into the space where I want to talk about, because I know that hormones is like, it's a hot spot for you, right? Hormones are my jam. So, and I'm not super dialed into men's hormone, like hormones specifically for men. Mm-hmm. Um, hormones is something that I have become more well acquainted with in the last couple of years, especially after doing a series of comprehensive blood labs and learning about, we kind of brushed over it a little bit in, um, before we started recording, but there was a brief moment where my thyroid was showing hyper because I had been taking iodine for fucking three years and, you know, and that was the magic that put, you know, and gratefully we caught it. And so I started learning about thyroid and all, can we, so I would love to, if in like classes in session for me too right, right now, so it. for everybody listening, um, but can we, can we go there and, you know, start expanding on specifically also cause black belt beauty, you know, everyone who my audience were really interested in how to perform at our highest level in life and the, the, the effects of hormones and how that really plays into our overall performance from mood, from all the fertility. So it's a big subject. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So there was first a baby. <laughs> so there, this uh, is an exceptional question that requires probably yeah. hours. I know. There's so many layers but, to peel but back. If, if I really had to just simplify it down, I think what you want to start as there's the HPA GT axis. Yes. So there's the hypogonadal adrenal gonadal thyroidal axis. This is a foreign language. <laughs> okay. I might as well just start speaking Italian too. No. <laughs> Oh, no, I think I'm more accustomed to that, okay. but, like, okay, this is So, <laughs> there's the hypothalamus, the pituitary, there's yes. those two parts of the brain. They communicate with your gonads, so your ovaries or your testes, your adrenals, which are two glands that sit above your kidney, and your thyroid. Yeah. And they all communicate with each other. And, unfortunately, if you see a uh, OB or gynecologist, they're thinking more of the HPG axis. Okay. Right? Gonadal yeah. axis. You see an endocrinologist, and they think more of the hypothalamic uh, pituitary thyroid axis, mm-hmm. right? If you have a high or low thyroid. And then not many physicians talk about the adrenal axis. Yeah. Because it's just, 
it's really hard to measure. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to treat. And unless you have like Addison, which is like frank um, adrenal deficiency or Cushing's where it's frank hypercortisolemia, you're really falling in a space where we really don't know anything that's going on. Yeah. So you have to start with those axes and they all communicate with each other. So it, the, the hypothalamus tells the pituitary to release these we'll call tropic hormones. And what yeah. they do is they go down, they tell the thyroid to make more thyroid hormone. They go down to the ovaries or the testes and they say make more estrogen, progesterone in women or make more testosterone in men. Um, well, actually in women, they can make testosterone as well, but there's yeah. more of a push towards testosterone, uh, estrogen and progesterone. And then in the adrenal glands, they go down and they tell the adrenal glands, okay, I need you to make um, DHEA. So mm-hmm. there's so the adrenal glands are broken down into three layers. I call it the GFR, salt, sugar, sex. Oh. So salt is aldosterone, sugar is um, cortisol, and the sex or the sex hormones, DHEA, or as it's measured, DHEAS. And... In order for your sex hormones to function properly, you need adequate thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. because thyroid hormone is a, it activates certain intracellular cascades that allow the hormone, because hormones don't really, they bind to receptors. Mm -hmm. They bind to the receptor and they enter the cell, they bind a receptor and they tell the DNA to do something. But there's a cascade that occurs. Yeah. And you need a communication within all of the hormones in order for that to occur. So for if you told me my thyroid is off, I'm thinking about, well, what's going on with your adrenals and what's going on with your sex hormones? Yeah. Because it's not just your thyroid. Right. Because it's going to have an impact somewhere else. And it just amazes me how a lot of people and a lot of other practitioners just completely dismiss that yeah. we are a system a system of systems is how a I, system of systems and i think absolutely. that that's like fun- functional medicine why i'm such a fan is because you guys understand the system of systems and you approach it that way and it baffles me i mean it doesn't really baffle me because when you think about the history of medicine and like how doctors came to be there was a they're missing a lot of things you know and we still are yeah yeah and we still are like they're so uh, like adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Right? People, I, what, that was on my list today. Oh, do you want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I would love okay. to because okay. it comes up a lot. I have friends that, you know, I have yeah. adrenal fatigue and um, there's a debate. Like, is it even real? Is it not yeah. real? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to ruffle some feathers here. Okay. But in short, I would say the term adrenal fatigue is a misnomer and does not exist. Okay. So when you tell me fatigued, I think dysfunctional or non-functional yeah and the adrenal fatigue is people have this i mean it's associated with my adrenals are shot mm-hmm. right how many times have we heard that but your adrenal glands cannot be completely shut down okay right unless you have addison's disease and that you would see so um famous president jfk mm-hmm. he had addison's disease oh he was an irish uh, irish man and he had tan skin well why would he have tan skin if he was most irish people are, are pale skinned and the reason why is because when you have very low cortisol levels like in addison's disease it this is the whole hpg hpa axis is that it, you're not making enough cortisol okay so the brain doesn't see cortisol so in order to make cortisol, it releases ACTH. Okay. ACTH then goes into the blood and it should go to the adrenal glands to make cortisol. Mm-hmm. But obviously the adrenal glands are completely, for, for a fact, 
not working, yeah. right? They just don't have the capacity to make the hormones. But ACTH then splits into something called MSH, okay. melanocyte stimulating hormone. Melanocyte stimulating hormone it stimulates your melanocytes to replicate, and that's what causes you to become tan. Yeah. So that is a that is a real pathological presentation. Mm. But very rarely do you see people who have adrenal fatigue. And for your listeners, I'm putting up in quotation marks. So the whole term of adrenal fatigue of like stage one, stage two, stage three, adrenal fatigue really does not exist. It, all it really is, is what is the hormone doing at the cellular level? Yeah. How are we measuring it? Because mm -hmm. you can only diagnose something if you can either measure it subjectively or objectively. Mm -hmm. And the way people diagnose adrenal fatigue is just through like a salivary hormone test or a urinary hormone test. But just because you have a change in your sex hormone or your adrenal hormones in a test mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there's a pathological issue going on. Yeah. Well, so, so when I hear, um, people speak about adrenal fatigue, it's like, I can't work out heavy. I got mm -hmm. it. Like everything needs to kind of calm down right. or else they get like this. They don't necessarily say flare up, but it's kind of the same thing. They get they, overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed. So what, yeah. So is there truth in that? I mean, is that... Yeah, I don't dismiss the fact that people feel like that. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. What you are feeling is real, but it's yeah. not because your adrenal glands are not functioning. It's yeah. because what your body is doing with the hormone when it makes it. Got it. So you make cortisol, your adrenal glands make cortisol, and then you have to partition it, and it needs to be either converted to cortisone, mm -hmm. which is a... Uh, byproduct of cortisol that the body gets rid of. Okay. By an enzyme called 11 beta HSD. There's one and two. Okay. And then it can go into metabolites, uh, THE, uh, tetrahydrocortisol, cortisol, and tetrahydrocortisone. So metabolites. Okay. Of the of cortisol and mm -hmm. cortisone, right? So your body has excellent ways of getting rid of cortisol because under immense amounts of stress, under chronic um, exposure to stress, the body will do what it can to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there comes to a point where it reaches up what we call the allostatic load. Okay. Right. Allostatic load is basically the threshold. Your, our bodies are resilient. They're magnificently smart. Yeah. Really. That's what amazes me about medicine. It's like, holy shit, our body is doing something that I've never thought it could do. It's, it's healing itself. Also, it can create disease. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like yeah. it creates disease and it can cure disease. Right. Yeah. So it's amazing. Such it's like, trip. it's like, shit, I can fix it, but I can also make it a problem. Yes. Right. So when you test your, your, your salivary cortisol and your cortisol is very low. Yeah. People say, oh yeah, my adrenal glands are not making it. No, that's not true. You're probably just pushing it somewhere else. So now the issue becomes is why is the body doing that? Yeah. And really what it comes down to is like what happens over time is that the brain is the the body's getting rid of so much free cortisol? It's getting rid of it. It's not, it's it's not being seen by the brain, right? So it yeah. kicks up production. It tries to continue to kick up production. Then after a while, it just completely slows down because those hormones have been impacted by the epigenetic and uh, factors, right? The environmental factors that are impacting it. Right. So the body will adjust. Your yeah. body's doing the right thing. Sure. You're just yeah. not sleeping. You're just eating like crap. You're just taking a lot of, you know, medications and caffeine and pushing your body to a point where you can't recover. What 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 would you say then to those who are doing the right things, who are like eating well and monitoring their sleep and wearing the blue blocker, like, you know, but they still have 
adrenal fatigue. What right. Do you... So then we have to look at other factors that maybe it's not the adrenal glands. Okay. Right. So yeah. maybe it's your thyroid. Yeah. Maybe it's your mood. Maybe it's your neurotransmitters. Maybe it's your catecholamines, right? Maybe it's your epinephrine, serotonin, you know, with a look at your melatonin levels. Are you sleeping enough? Oh my God. I'm so, that's a big space I want to go into with you. Sleep? Yeah. Well, because, you know, in your mood and first of all, one thing I want to point out because it just popped in my head. So like when I do my comprehensive blood labs, I'm doing blood labs. So, Mm. and I do them fasted in the morning. So my cortisol is always high and it kind of cortisol is such an interesting hormone, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know a lot of people know of it. It's a stress hormone. It can lead to belly fat and all that. Um, I just received, I have not done it yet. I just received the Dutch test because I really want to, I want to get like our deeper understanding of, of all of this. So can you um, speak to that a little bit? Just like the best way to test for your home hormones, really? Yeah. So I like a combination of urine tests. So the Dutch tests, I'm a big fan, okay. no affiliation or ties to them at all. Yeah. And the other aspect is blood. Okay. Cortisol is completely useless by testing in your blood. That because makes me happy. Good. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't so I was like, concerned. I don't feel stressed out. You I mean, I don't like needles first thing in the morning, but... Right. So actually that can have an impact on what your cortisol levels are. Like, did you wake up? Like, did you just suddenly get a bad email? Right. Did you get a bad phone call? Did you like, I don't know, your drop a glass and like spilled all over. Any kind of stress, basically. Yeah, it's a stress. So stress comes in many forms. Right. Right. And we could talk about that a little bit later, but I want to address your question. Yeah. So the best way that I would suggest for females to test their hormones is a combination of blood mm-hmm. and Dutch urinary testing. Okay. Right now, if you have another test that gives you the same markers, that's great. But I'd like the Dutch test because it gives you the metabolites mm-hmm. of uh, estrogen. Okay. The metabolites of progesterone. Okay. And the metabolites of testosterone. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then what is your body doing with them? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about breast cancer and prostate cancer and all these other things, people always blame, you know, testosterone causes prostate cancer, mm-hmm. false. Mm-hmm. And estrogen causes breast cancer, arguably false, right? So we're not sure. Yeah. And actually a lot of the research shows that giving synthetic progesterone and synthetic estrogens can increase your risk of breast cancer. Sure. So that's where a lot of the research comes from. It's like, oh, we gave people these synthetic forms of these hormones and they got certain types of cancer. Yeah. Well, that's, that's because you're giving them forms that the body has never identified. It's, they're like, oh, well, it does the same thing. Well, it's a different structure. It's a different molecule. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the same conversation with like soy. Oh God. Right. Nailed in my list. It's amazing. Right. So yeah. a lot of you like, soy is so bad for you. Soy is horrible. It's going to cause these type of cancers. It's going to turn you into a, a female. And I, like, <laughs> No, really. It's like, no, I know. Like, 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 I would have tofu. I actually don't eat much tofu. Gabrielle would beat me up. But... <laughs> I don't eat soy. Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't. I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's. Uh, I don't. I just don't need it. Soy has issues aside from the fact that it has phytoestrogens in it. Okay. So I'm not opposed to people not eating soy. I'm not going to go ahead and say, yeah, you need to eat more tofu. Like, no, I don't think that's the solution or a great recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that soy has phytoestrogens and can contribute to feminization of men and of uh, hyperestrogenemia in women is actually not entirely 
accurate. Okay. Right? Because the phytoestrogens can bind to estrogen receptors, but we have to talk about the different types of estrogen receptors. Oh, wow. So there's estrogen receptor alpha and estrogen receptor beta. Okay. And then the same thing goes for testosterone. There's androgen receptors, mm-hmm. right? And it responds to testosterone and responds to other types of androgens. Okay. And they all communicate with each other. Yeah. Right? So you can have testosterone metabolites, DHT metabolites bind to estrogen receptors. Holy crap, does that make sense? Why would you why would you do that? Like why body, you just made testosterone and you turned it into DHT and then you made a three beta and a three alpha diol metabolite of that DHT and it's gonna go ahead and bind to estrogen receptors? Yeah. That's that doesn't crazy. make sense. Yeah. Why would the body do that? You know what I think the problem is? Is like the person who named it was just completely lost. <laughs> Which is completely what? Lost. That's amazing. They just named it because, like, that's what happened. Like, yeah. who decided to call it diabetes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like, okay. I, I really think a better way, and I don't really say you have diabetes, you have insulin resistance. Yeah, totally. You have hyperinsulinemia. Like, that is the problem. I don't care what you call it. Right, right. Call it diabetes. Call it low testosterone. Call it hypogonadism. Call it whatever you like. Right. You have hyperlipidemia. Dude, you're not using your, your fuels well. You're not using your fat. You're not using your protein. You're not using your sugars well. Right. And that's where it comes down to. So back to the question, how do you test them? I think the Dutch test in combination with your blood test, so checking your FSH, your LH, your progesterone, your estradiol, your testosterone, your free testosterone, your mm-hmm. sex hormone binding globulin. Yeah. Um, uh, DHT can be tested. And then checking like TSH and free T3. And yeah. Because I don't T4. think, I, you know, let me say this, that when I did... Um, the difference between my first or my comprehensive blood labs between that and the blood labs that I used to just do through my gynecologist, mm-hmm. holy shit. Yep. I think there was like five things on their list. And then, you know, the, you saw my lab kind of, not really, but it's just, I mean, you know, you know what comprehensive yeah. blood labs are. And it's like, whoa, now we're looking at the constellation, like we're looking at the universe here. And that makes so much more sense. You can't, let me tell you this. I'm all, let me drop this on you. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. <laughs> this is like, it's, it's kind of a sidestep, but we'll go right back. But just, it, it goes with what we were just saying right now that um, when I did my first blood lab and the whole thyroid thing, we also discovered that I was anemic, but we didn't discover that because my iron levels, which when you do basic blood tests, they test for iron. It was low, but it wasn't in the anemic you know, category or whatever. My ferritin was 14. Jeez. I, when Gabrielle and I did our podcast, she's like, what was your number 23? I was like, 14. She's like, oh, you're an overachiever. I'm like, and it's, <laughs> I started laughing. But it's true because, you know, I lift weights. I'm, I'm very, I'm an athlete, um, you know, and at that time I wasn't eating meat for 17 years, fish, eggs, but not, and not because of any reason, it's just because it just kind of fell out my palate. I'm like, oh, I don't think I need it. Well, apparently I fucking did. And gratefully between her, my clinical nutrition friend and my doctor out there started eating me, started, you know, ferritin and yeah, it's, I haven't tested recently, but I know like I'm deadlifting heavy, you know, you're doing the damn thing. The hair isn't shedding and yeah. So anyways, sidestep, but just to say that there is such a big difference in these kind of tests. Absolutely. Yeah. The problem is, is that the issue is anybody who has the ability to test them feels feels what's the word i'm looking for feels equipped to Mm -hmm. actually test for them right so if i went to somebody and i was like hey you should be testing my 
testosterone and they check just my testosterone and they check all these things, what do they do with them? That is the problem. They don't know what they to do. They don't know what to do with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, my hope and my, my belief is that we are moving more into this space of medicine where people, practitioners are going to start to look in this space or to learn the foreign language that you know. And because to me, I really believe that this is the future of health. Like Absolutely. Th- like with, this is, to me, it's a, I'm not good at math, but like one plus one is fucking two. That's right. Um, well, it goes back to my situation where medicine failed my dad. Right. It, it failed. It, it literally just like shitted on the floor and said, yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do here. So I'm just going to throw shit at you. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, it's frustrating to me because no, you know, I'm... all of this could be prevented. Exactly. It can all be prevented. Yeah. And look at me, I'm young and I'm, Checking my LP little a, I'm checking my APOE status. I'm checking yes. my triglycerides, my my APOB. I'm checking my um, LDL particle size. I'm checking everything. Well, I don't know why, because I know that my risk of dying from a heart attack is higher than the average person. Right. I know that. So shit, do something about it. Totally. Why is nobody testing this? For I don't. Sure. I get so frustrated. I don't know. And even if you don't know, like let's just say that's not in your family history or. In, I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, let's just keep the good going that, you know, first of all, you know, and I know that we'll kind of turn into this in diet, but like, so people are so quick to go from a surface level, oh, the keto diet, oh, this, that, oh, that, but where is the person who's willing to check under the fucking hood to know what your genes are doing, to know if, is this even good for you? Because it's not good for everybody. Your genes play a big role in, you know, the effects of food, your diet, nutrition, and your genes. Like, yeah, there's not a one size fits all. Sorry, I go on tangents. No, that's, no, I I hear you. That's absolutely right. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I'll circle us back and then we can go back in that zone. But, um, what about men testing their hormones? You know, I got three brothers, um, who I love very much and they're all very into health and fitness. Um, what is a, what's the best way for men to test their hormones? And even like, when is a great time for them to start testing? Yeah. So I think it's always good to have a baseline. Yeah. Um, whether you're in your twenties or thirties, I think it's a good idea to just get your sex hormones. Where am I at 20 years old? Where am I at 30 years old? Because health starts now in your early years, right? You don't want to deal with a problem in your forties or fifties, but it can be addressed in your twenties and thirties. So, uh, I don't think there is a limit or, you know, are you too old or too young to check your sex hormones? I mean, Mm -hmm. teenagers probably not, but once you start getting your twenties, I think it's a good idea especially if you're symptomatic. Mm-hmm. So um, low testosterone or testosterone deficiency is a lot more prevalent now than most people would admit. And I see, you know, 20, 30 year old guys who are just like, yeah, I don't have drive. I don't recover well in the gym. I feel moody. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, your sex hormones are out of whack. Yeah. Right? So um, I think it's essential for men to check your total testosterone, your free testosterone. It's very similar thing that I mentioned before, FSH, LH, SHPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it in blood the best. Okay. You can check um, using a Dutch. You can check your sex hormones for men in, in the Dutch test. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always start with the blood. Okay. And I see what the blood tells me and then I'll lead in because there's no reason to do extra testing if you don't absolutely need it. Yeah. But for the adrenal stuff... The Dutch test is absolutely hands down the best the thing winner. to do. I feel like I should be paid by them. <laughs> How much I'm talking about. I hate to say it, I'm sorry, but like it's an exceptional test. It yeah. really is a foundational aspect to understand 
what the whole what the whole uh, picture looks like. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important to look at that. I think looking at sex hormones in men, and then also, you know, looking at other risk factors such as. You know, when should men start be testing their prostate? Mm-hmm. Do they have a family history of prostate tests? What's the right way of doing that? I, I think it requires a very delicate touch because it can get, you can get stuck in the weeds if you start going really deep into it. And this brings us back, like, I don't think everybody should be testing all of the things. Okay. I don't think, like, if you don't know what to do with it, yeah. if I told you that my LP little A was high and you don't know what to do with that information, you should not even test it. Sure, okay. Send it to somebody else who really knows what they're doing. That makes sense. Which is, yeah. like, look, I don't know how to fix a car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I could change a tire. I could <laughs> change windshield. I could do average stuff. If my it's water boring. pump goes... probably not the person you should call right yeah so don't try to change a water pump if you're only equipped to change a tire word word (laughs) no that's amazing that's that's helpful because i think that well what are some of the bigger issues that you're seeing right now with we'll focus on men because i know that's like a sweet spot for you um in terms of hormone issues is there is that a is that a big question that i need to kind of yeah. down to no i think it's a great question and, and overall i would say i'm seeing men completely testosterone deficient i think more estrogen dominance right is that what's it can be estrogen do- so you can have testosterone deficiency without estrogen dominance okay um but a lot of estrogen dominance that i'm seeing in men mm-hmm. is more symptomatic okay so if you check their estradiol levels mm-hmm. they come back in a decent range now if a man starts hitting 45, 50, 60 picograms per milliliter on their estradiol, I start getting concerned. Like, okay, okay what is going on here? Okay. But the other things that you start seeing with estrogenation of, of men is you get moodiness, mm-hmm. right? They start getting, um, you know, very sensitive to things. And I mean, I hate, this sounds very like not PC, right? But it happens. They start changing, their mood starts changing. They start responding differently to things. They're not as assertive. Yeah. Right? They don't, um, put their foot down and say, no, we're ordering this many, you know, I don't know if you work in like UPS, like we're ordering this many boxes or whatever yeah. it is. They start becoming more complacent and passive. Yeah. So no, that's that some makes, symptoms that you no, see. No, and I love, and I think that's so important to say things like that. Um, because I mean, and this is like, there's a lot, it's, this is so much bigger, but a lot of people kind of walk around with, well, I'll just make something super simple. Oh, I get bloated after I eat. Dude, you're not supposed to get bloated when you eat. Like, but people are so used to, you know, feeling things like this Mm -hmm. maybe that they don't, and they don't necessarily think to investigate. So I think it's super powerful and helpful to put these things out because then, you know, people listening, there might be some guys like, shit, I I have been noticing now that he's pointing this out. So it's valuable. I think the biggest sign Mm -hmm. is erectile dysfunction. That's that's a quick easy sign, right? Yeah, and, and this impacts your female listeners, and this impacts your male listeners. Yeah, it sure fucking does. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, it, please. The women are not elaborate. Happy. So, uh, elaborate. But I mean, I don't know what's there to elaborate on. It's just, <laughs> You're like, it's pretty simple. It's, it's it's it just doesn't work. Yeah. Right, and that's the one thing. It's funny because, you know, I I was speaking to a friend of mine. He's a chiropractor, and he's actually really helping my shoulder, um, which is exceptional. But he was like. Why do you specialize in men's health? He's like, nobody cares about us. And I was like, wow. You know who cares about you? 
your wife and your girlfriend and your sister and yeah. everybody else who yeah. is involved, like the females in your life care. Yeah. And sex hormone, uh, sex is important. Absolutely. Right? Sexual health is very, very important because yes. it's part of evolution. Yes. And if it wasn't important, it would be gone. It's also part of joy. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> oxytocin really. So you should, yes. you should, um, you should try to contact Dr. Carrie Jones. Okay. She is the medical director of Dutch, but, we, her and I did a lecture in New York on uh, the hormonal impact of sexual health. Okay. And how, like, people always think, like, oh, female has low libido, must be low testosterone. Not true. Cool. Not true. And also, the reverse goes for men. Just because you have low testosterone doesn't mean you have erectile dysfunction or sexual dysfunction. And if you have sexual dysfunction, you could have normal testosterone levels. That's amazing. To it's, hear. It's, I mean, it's, like, it's, yeah. no, yeah, it's so. Yeah. Because because your listeners are probably like, oh, shit, I have ED. That means I need testosterone. <laughs> right. It's But it's way more complex than that. Way more complex than that. Because you have to have a connection to your partner. Yeah. You need to have, feel comfortable. The biggest erection killer is adrenaline. Wow. That makes if sense. If you're running though. from a tiger, yeah, totally. you don't need to have a heart on. No. Yeah. Nature set us up that way, exactly. right? Like, we're not trying. <laughs> exactly right. So that's how it works. If you yeah. don't. And that is how the body functions. Mm -hmm. So um, I think one of the biggest symptoms I see is men who have less uh, morning erections. So mm -hmm. the, the research is a little bit mixed. Okay. So if you don't have morning erections, uh, aka morning wood, as a lot of yeah slang, slang colloquially said. That's right. Right. Um, if you don't have them, that doesn't mean your testosterone is low, mm -hmm. but if your testosterone is low, you're more likely to have decreased frequency of more morning erections. Okay. So another so thing to look at. For sure. Right? So, yeah. so many factors come into play. Yeah. I want to kind of move into, I think that's a great segue towards um, just like some lifestyle tips that will help support the optimization of hormones. And again, understanding that this is a big subject. We're talking, you know, there's obviously a big difference between men and women. Um, but maybe just some things we can talk about things that promote, you know, healthy hormones and then also disruptors. Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about disruptors, like specific, specifically also like, um, xenohormones, xeno, xenoestrogens. Like, yeah. Like, like what's the validity behind like you know, just an environment like BPA and synthetic fragrance and how that really, you know, this is, I believe that they are actual disruptors yeah. to the endocrine system. If we can dive into I this. think the biggest evidence behind these things being endocrine disruptors is uh, in utero okay. and animal studies. Okay. It's pretty obvious that if you expose mice to BPA and xenoestrogens and phthalates and things that leach out of practice, uh, plastics and yeah. into the environment you expose mice to them their offspring turns out weird looking uh, odd um ambiguous genitalia right it's it's obvious but the thing is is what is the dose mm. right so um essentially what it comes down to is minor in the minor major in the major mm -hmm. right so if you are um you know eating out of out of plastic uh, lunch boxes and drinking on coffee through a plastic mug and, um, you know, microwaving in plastic, right? That's all, <laughs> that's all horrible for you. Yeah. Right. But if you're also eating a bunch of sugar, eating a bunch of carbs, like pasta, rice, sweets, if you're eating a lot of like processed foods, like 
salami and hot dogs and yeah. hamburgers, right? Like that's probably going to be more detrimental over the long run sure. to your health than sipping out of a plastic cup. Now, I'm not dismissing the fact of sipping, sipping out of a plastic cup is bad for you. Yeah. I don't do it myself. Yeah. But if you're looking to optimize, that's where you focus, right? You focus like those the are the things that are, yeah. Yeah. You want to focus like, okay, what are the things that are going to have the most bang for their buck? Sure. But that doesn't mean the other things are not important. No. And we know that they are because we're seeing it in our fish. Yeah. Right? Like PCBs are found in fish. Gnarly. What are we eating? Right. There's so many toxins. And, and again, it comes back to our conversation of the allostatic load. What is the load on the body to the extent at which it says no more? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, it's funny. The other day um, I was talking with somebody and they're like, oh, but all of a sudden I just started getting eczema. I started getting dry skin. <laughs> and uh, well, what changed? Nothing changed. I've been doing the same thing over. But what are you eating? Oh, I eat a bunch of, you know, you'll play yogurt and I eat, you know, a bunch of cheese. And like, well, maybe the cheese is probably something that you shouldn't be eating. Oh, where do you get your cheese from? Oh, I get it from, you know, KFC and Popeye's and all that stuff. I said, okay, well, you're eating shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they come back like, oh, but I've been eating shit my whole life. Well, that doesn't mean you should continue to eat shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, no. It's so frustrating. Peel that for a second. Just, I think it's so important to respect that we are constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. So what you're eating right now, what, you know, may be great for you right now, right? Or not. But let's just say it's great for you right now. But maybe in two, three, five, you know. Years, it's not going to be. Maybe you right. need more protein as you're getting older. Maybe, whatever. I'm just making an example. But I, I'm planting that seed because I think it's so important to understand we are not static. Right. We are fucking constantly evolving. So be agile in your diet and your nutrition and do the be investigation. Be able to adapt. Yes. If you can't. What allowed us to survive is adaptation. Right. Right. It wasn't. You know, there's a misconception of survival of the fittest. People right. think like that we gave birth to offspring that were more equipped, mm -hmm. more fit. Yeah. But that's not true. We just created more. Uh, what happened was that more offspring were created mm -hmm. and those that survived were able to adapt better. And that was passed on. It's not that we just decided to get better over time. It's no, it was weeded out. Yeah, and, that's, and that makes sense. That's yeah. what we are, have to do as human beings in living in New York City or wherever you're living and yeah. to adapt to this lifestyle. Now, it's, it's a shit hard to adapt to it, yeah. right? Like plastics are all over the place. It's yeah. really hard to adjust to it. But I do think that those things are an impact on our lifestyle. I just can't quantify it. Yeah, that's cool. And that's the hardest part. Right. Because in order for me to show you mm -hmm. or, or in order for me to make a change, I need to show you. Yeah. Right. Now I could tell you, Hey, don't have any, you know, um, don't drink out of your you know, plastic, whatever Starbucks mug forever. Right. I don't have to convince you. Right. Like, you know that. Right. You know that. Yeah. But the average person walking down the street. No. How do you know that? Well, I, it's bad for you. How do you know that? Because it has these plastics in it. It, it really leaches into your blood and that causes your body to have to detoxify that. Well, how do you know that? They can go down a whole rabbit hole and then it really becomes a question like, are we using surrogate markers? Are we making major assumptions based on things that we're not entirely sure of? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we are. Yeah. I think we know enough to know that that stuff is bad for you. Sure. I just don't know how much. I love that. I respect that. And I think the whole 
topic is important because I know that people wonder about these things because we're hearing about it more too. Yeah. So I think it's important to hear that, you know, um, I, I just love truth, you know? And, right. Right. And I don't I know love the science. truth. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes and that's to what's true. Right. Like yeah. that is like, if you told me, Ralph, how much, I got this question the other day. I drink out of plastic cups and I microwave some of my plastic tableware. How much is too much to have an impact on my estradiol levels? <laughs> Shit. I don't know, man. I don't know how much, you know, coffee mugs you need to drink out of to increase your estradiol by five picograms per milliliter. Like, I don't know that answer. Yeah. God bless the person who ever finds that out because I don't know. Right. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm neck deep into this research. Yeah. You're right? a gangster in this field. Well, well that's <laughs> the first time that somebody yeah, called me a gangster. It would be me. <laughs> um, well, wait, okay. So in understanding that, can we move into diet and sleep? I really want to go into sleep because these are things that you can, you know, first of all, obviously affect our hormones. And I think you can, they have been measured and there's sleep can be measured. Yeah. Sleep is Oh my God. Sleep over everything. Sleep over everything. Sleep over everything. That's important to hear. Number one. Do you track your sleep? I do. I use you an aura do? ring. Yep, you do? I have it on right now. Oh, I use an aura ring. Yeah. I have my Fitbit. It died and I oh. had to buy a new battery and send it here. Um, it's arriving right now. But yeah, so you're a fan of obviously tracking your REM, your deep. And yes. Can you break it? I'm so intrigued by this and I, I would love you to speak to this, but like what your hormones are actually doing while you sleep, like yeah. HGH and when it is its highest, I'm going to leave you with this. Yeah. Topic. So great question. And this is the most important aspect of understanding hormones is your hormones are highest when you are in your deep, uh, sleep. Okay. So slow wave sleep is that's when you're in your deepest sleep, uh, patterns and, that is the time where you're releasing growth hormone, releasing hormone. You're releasing gonadotropin, releasing hormone. You're releasing TRH. All these hormones that are being released from your hypothalamus, telling your pituitary time to recover, time mm -hmm. to repair. And deep sleep is really important for like physical, right? Recovery for right. those exact reasons. Yes. Okay. So why do you know, people always worry or are always concerned about like get enough sleep if you're an athlete. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Because you need to recover. Right. Right. So um this is a great, you know, uh point as to why a lot of athletes do performance enhancing drugs. Because yeah. they just can't recover enough. Yeah. You know, steroids steroids didn't make Andy Pettit a better like it didn't make him throw a strike better. It allowed him to recover better so he can continue to to train more, put in more reps, and be more fresh for games, right? It makes perfect sense. That's what it does to you. Performance yeah. injury drugs doesn't make you hit 70 home runs. Yeah. Right? Right. It makes you better and stronger. Like, it doesn't improve your hand-eye coordination. Yeah. It just makes you hit the ball better. It allows you to recover better. You don't get as tired, right? So it just shows the power of rest. Yes, it shows yeah. the power of rest, and that's exactly what sleep is. Sleep is most important. You have to get at least two to three hours. I'm sorry. Uh, eight hours of sleep and you want to try to get an hour to two hours of that to be deep sleep. Hour to two hours. And then, it's tough. no, it's hard. I, I do well. Um, I do better in REM than I do in deep and I'm not horrible. It's like, I'll get between an hour 
I didn't check it today, A, because the battery died, but sometimes when I know I didn't sleep good, I don't even want to fuck with my head when I know I have to perform because I believe in the mind being Absolutely. a big, you know what I mean? But um, I do, I do, I do a lot better with REM, which really supports like cognition, memory, you yep. know, and, and storage of memory. Yeah. Yeah. And this also comes back into play because these, it's, oh geez, okay. Ready? <laughs> yes. So I, I, I just think about what I'm going to say and then I realize, I love it, dude, I'm shit, you're going to, you're really going to I'm talk. excited. Okay. <laughs> So I, I, it just amazes me how I bring things back full circle without the intention. But if you release a, a more testosterone during your deep sleep phases and your testosterone should be highest in the morning, testosterone then has a cyclic effect. And then having higher testosterone levels helps you to recover better, which then allows you to fall asleep better Oh my gosh, right? later yeah. on at night. And then, then we see sleep and sleep quality having an impact on your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and then if you're, we, we do know that testosterone can improve insulin sensitivity, right? So mm -hmm. if you have better insulin sensitivity and you're using insulin better then you're not, so you don't have high cortisol levels at night because you're able to maintain your, your sugars properly. And then cortisol can have an impact on your sleep, which then has an impact on your ability to make testosterone and all these growth hormone that allows you to recover. So do you see how it like comes? Oh yeah. Everything is together. So I started off, so you started off in saying like, well, what is the big picture? And right. that's well the HPA GT access, right? Yeah. And it really, that's, that's how you bring it all back together. Like this is where the hormones started. That's where they ended up. And this is how it all comes back together to impact your sleep, to impact your diet. So, you know, I, I heard somebody tell me the other day, um, on the importance of sleep it's like you're, you're a hitter like you work out yeah. I can tell you work out yeah. really hard you put in the time you put in the effort yeah. same way for me Yeah. I know a lot of people who will try to get five hours of sleep and say I need to get in my workout because I because I need yeah. to get in my workout but yeah. I'm going to sacrifice an hour of sleep for me and you look guilty no no, no 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 <laughs> no actually I was thinking of a friend of mine who he does this shit. He'll like wake up at four in the morning just to get it done. And I yeah. and I won't I won't say much because he's too stubborn. Yeah. But I know I'm like, you know, you, this is not helping you. I mean, well, great physique, but like he's stepping over a dollar for a dime. Dang. Right. That's amazing. So I'm you're basically you on that. it's like I'm, <laughs> nice. Go for it. I love it. So you're you're basically saying I forget this dollar. There's a dime there that looks really really nice. Right. It's like. No, focus on the dollar. Yeah. Like, don't walk over that one extra hour or two extra hours of sleep. That is important. Yeah. Right? Because people have no idea the impact that your hormonal imbalance and balance has to, has on your recovery. Sure. Right? You want to get fat? Shoot up your cortisol. I was just going to say that's where my brain went where I'm like, you know, people that do that you know, because they think they're doing something. No, I got to keep up. But you're just spiking your fucking cortisol. You're putting all this effort in and then you got you don't got the six pack no. and that's and that will spike your cortisol because exactly you're like what right. the fuck am i doing it's a horrible vicious cycle. cycle yeah it's so complicated to control well so then this is something that i want to ask you because then people will be like cool so let's pop some melatonin so I would like to ask you to break down really what melatonin is. I know most people understand it as like, oh, it can support sleep. 
But it's a gnarlier hormone than that. Like there's, it's a cofactor, right? And like, can you break that down a little bit? Yeah. So melatonin has an impact. Uh, it's, it's basically a hormone that's made in the brain and it helps you fall asleep and puts you into your proper sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. And there are several things that it can improve and impair its synthesis and, um, secretion or excretion into the blood. It's a hormone. Yeah. And, uh, those are blue light. It would inhibit it. Cortisol will also inhibit it. Okay. And then stressors. Yeah. Because when you're under a stress, you're, you're, there's an inflammatory response that occurs at a microvascular, at a, a microscopic or microcellular level that you can't really see, but it does cause aberrations in your ability to make these hormones. But then melatonin, when melatonin is very low, so at melatonin at adequate levels will inhibit a hormone called uh, GNIH, so it's gonadotropin inhibitory hormone. So <laughs> okay. okay, so basically you need uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone okay. to make FSH and LH to make testosterone and progesterone and estrogen. Well, there's an inhibitory hormone that inhibits that whole process. Wow. But melatonin comes in and says, stops that and says, you cannot inhibit anymore. Allow this thing to do what it does. It makes total sense because you're supposed to release that, that the trophic and growth and uh, recovery hormone, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, yeah. growth hormone, thyroid hormone overnight while you're making them. And melatonin is supposed to be the thing that puts you into a proper sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. So we see that it doesn't just impact your sleep. It impacts the things that impact your sleep. That's amazing. So, That's why I love that. Thank you for explaining that because I think a lot of people who aren't deep into say, oh yeah, melatonin, I'm just going to pop in and it's, it's a sleep thing. No, it's no. No. And that's the other thing too is, you know, there is weak evidence, although I, I wouldn't be surprised if more research comes out on it is, is if you just become reliant on melatonin, what does it do to your receptors? You're speaking to my heart because... I, I don't, I've never, and even like small doses that come, I see it a lot now in CBD for, it's like, I don't trust you. Like what, how is that going to affect my body's natural ability to do we its don't know. thing? We don't know. And I okay. trust that. Yeah. Thank you. I think one thing that I have, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Please do. <laughs> I, for one thing is I know when to say, I don't know. And that is, that's like the most intelligent. I've actually put that up one time. Like the smartest thing I think I've ever said is like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause if you don't know, keep it there. Right. It's an opportunity to discover. Yeah. Fuck. And I don't know exactly what the answer to a lot of these things are, but I do know that we know enough to have a change and have an impact. Yeah. And I do know enough about your sleep physiology to tell you shit's important. Yeah. Right. And I do know enough about your metabolic function to know hyperinsulinemia is bad mm -hmm. at, in proper times at a chronic levels. It's inarguable that it contributes to cancer risk. It's, it's like arguing that cigarettes are bad for you. <laughs> it's like eating sugar yeah. all the time is going to impact your hormones. And, and it has impacts on your sex hormones as well because yeah. hyperinsulinemia increases the activity of an enzyme called aromatase. Okay. And aromatase converts testosterone to estrogen. So oh. you really, so you really want to make a man more le uh, right. less manly. Increases insulin, increases sugar, reduce his ability to hold on to his testosterone, convert it into estrogen, and then see what happens. Well, and we that explains so much too because listen, I shop at Whole Foods or another market called Lazy Acres, like natural Whole Foods, whatever. And uh, I look at the ingredients on 
every, when I say everything, like fucking everything. I'm yeah. in the spice section. All organic, this is that. And a uh, great brand too. But I see that they put sugar in this lemon pepper seasoning. Yeah. There's no carbohydrates still, but I'm like, but why? But why? Right. And the point is that, first of all, most people aren't looking. They're not diligent right. like that. Second of all, sugar is being snuck into everything. And, you know, obviously the names change too. It gets even more right. sneaky. But, and, and there's a great reason for that. It's highly fucking addictive. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I had a, I had a patient who's like, I, I can't, I can't do this. I need, I need more carbs. I need more calories. I'm like, no, you need less Snickers. <laughs> you need less Snickers and less uh, M&Ms and just head off of it. And yeah. after three days, he was fine. Some people it's more difficult. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, yeah, I, um, my diet tends to, I don't like labels and I don't, and I've done all kinds of things with diet over Right. my life um, where I, I if I if we're gonna label me anything I think that the most proper label is that I'm a fucking Nutrivore because I want nutrients you know yeah. so I really only have two meals a day and then maybe like a little snack but I'm really into time restricted eating like sure. I like to you know eat in a smaller window I certainly don't like eating before bed um, and my diet is 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 primarily focused around it's not what, I, I eat everything that I want. It's just I don't want what most people want, you know? And I didn't grow up that way, so I know the difference in how I feel and everything. I am always thinking about what do I need to service my body for it to perform its best. I focus heavily on microbiome. Like, I kind of frame it as these guys are my bodyguard and I'm their bodyguard. So how could I best protect them for them to best protect me? So mm -hmm. fiber and, you know, and then I'm thinking about obviously other nutrients. And, but um, I guess it's paleo-esque because I don't do grains. I don't do yeah. dairy, soy, or sugar. That works for you. That works for me. Right. Exactly. Because I'm not a prescriber. Right. I can't. Because right. going back to what we were saying, there's no one size. What is one thing, though, that you think, and I feel like it's such a, obvious answer that no one really needs a lot of in their diet <laughs> okay i won't say the obvious answer what don't you not need a lot of well there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate yeah okay yeah and let's just start with biochemistry yeah like you can make carbohydrates from protein right so i don't think i think they don't ascent it's not an essential thing yeah you need protein sure you need fat right you can't make epa dha Right. right. You can't make certain amino acids, mm -hmm. but you could make glucose. Right. If you have kind of excess protein, yeah. then yep. you... Absolutely right. Your liver will make it. Right. You try as hard as you can. Try to deplete your liver of, you know, sugar. Yeah. It's, it's just going to make it. Right. When people do these fasts. Right. Right. Does their blood sugar go to 40 or 50? No, it doesn't. Why? Because the body's super good at just making it. Right. But your yeah. protein can decrease. Yeah. Right. Your right. fats can decrease. Right. That is real. Yeah, and and fats obviously play a huge role in our Absolutely. hormone health. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. There's a lot of bodybuilders. You know, their the classic diet is you know high protein, carbs, lower fat. Right. And then you know specifically for women, you know you can see it in the hair. There's issues with their period. Yeah. I mean, this is all 
essentially, well, not all, but a lot of it is because of the decrease in fat. And then obviously there's so much stress being put on the body. Yeah. Um, in addition to that being a stress. So yeah. And it's severe caloric stretch. Uh, yeah, exactly. Severe. Yeah. You're putting a stress on the body. Right. Where you're putting a stress on the body. So there's many different types of stressors. There's psychological stressors. There's physical stressors. There's social stressors. There's financial stressors. Right. There's just, there's a bunch of different, there's biologic stressors. There's all these stressors in the body. Yeah. You, the body sometimes doesn't know the difference. Yeah. It, it's inflammatory. It increases the production of interleukins and cytokines, mm-hmm. inflammatory hormones, homocysteine, CRP, interleukin 6, 1, right? The body doesn't give a shit. Yeah. What it's coming from, it's there. It's just realizing that this is happening. And yeah. so then it starts doing. And it says, if you don't chill out, I'm going to shut down. <laughs> that's you know i love that you say that because i feel like especially my history my health journey i'm like you're the fucking boss but really we're a team right. and that's really how i see my, and i and it actually really promotes a lot of self-love because i'm like girl i got you and i feel like she's like girl i got you <laughs> and i feel it every day in my performance one of the things you know i talk about holistic high performance i start from this place of like how do you wake up feeling in the morning mm-hmm. i wake up straight up i feel fucking inspired ready to go and excited and not to say it's not like i'm jumping out of bed doing cartwheels i'm an introvert quiet meditation Mm -hmm. um but i feel good you know um and i and i know when i'm around ovulation or my cycle i'm so fucking sensitive to my body um and it's helpful because it's not in my head i'm like oh look at my i'm like Okay, I get why it's kind of like a low vibrational. I don't know a better way to put it. You yeah. know, I'm not sad. I'm a little more sensitive. Things mm-hmm. are, um, and that kind of walks me into something that I want to talk to you about. Just in, you know, I think that a lot of people kind of goes back to the symptoms of like, oh, I'm bloated, but that's just normal. Uh, you know, mental health and like moods and and this stuff, right? I mean, obviously, diet, sleep, all of this stuff is going to play a big role in how we're feeling. But I think a lot of people overlook biology, and they're so quick to go like something's wrong with me. I have this issue, or maybe and now it's pharmaceutical or whatever. But like, they don't like what's my vitamin D levels? Like, that's a huge that plays a big role, and you know. I don't know. Can you speak to that a little bit? Just like, I know. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a big question. You're such a passionate, no, I know. Cause I feel like I just threw like the shit ton on you and you're like, okay, let me break this down because I can tell you care. And, um, but maybe just if, if I can try and help here, can you maybe speak to, um, how do I want to frame this for you? But just, first of all, the truth that, you know, our biology is certainly playing yeah. a big role in our mood, um, you know, our emotions, things like that. Um, and then maybe a cool thing to do is like, what would you say are some top tips? I know, again, it's so broad, but just kind of universally. And we kind of touched on some of it already yeah. and stuff, but that could be very supportive for people to feel great. Like foods that support you know, fish oils. Right. Yeah. Things right. like that. So biology is, is super complex and for a good reason, because if it was not so complex, if there were, you know, you know, hundred ways to skin a cat, right. Then if there were only two ways and both of those pathways were shut down on the body, then you'd be shit out of luck. Right. Right. So it should be complex. Yeah. It should work in webs. Yeah. And that's just how the body is designed to function. So I think by understanding the fact that saying, 
yes, my brain is feeling this way right now, and it's feeling this way for uh, a multitude of reasons, including hormonal imbalances and you know weather and aromas, right? Like all of these things play a role. Then, first of all, understanding the fact that that is happening is step one. Yeah. Second thing is understanding is that this is something that most people deal with because this is a what called being a human. Right. 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 So I think understanding that in that respect is most important. Secondly, I would advise also knowing that is don't try to fix it. Right. So take, for example, last week I was in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was in a bad mood, but I wasn't in a good mood. I was like, I'm waking up and I'm tired. I do work and I'm just pissed off. Mm-hmm. Right. And then this week I was like, shit, I feel like myself again. I, I don't menstruate. I have no idea why the hell I was feeling like that <laughs> yeah. before. Right. But everybody goes through it. Yes. Everybody absolutely goes through it because biology is complex. Right. Right. And then I function back to it. And I'm like, oh shit, I actually forgot to take all of my supplements last week. There you go. Right. That's amazing. Wow. And it was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, is it like, is my ashwagandha, my B complex, the reason why I was in a bad mood or lack thereof? Perhaps. Yeah. But sure. there's other factors that go into it. So number one, understanding that biology has, you know, your nutrients, your vitamins, your supplements, your hormones all have an impact on how you feel. Right. Tips. As I would say, if you focus on the big things such as sleep, mm-hmm. so great, Ralph, you told me to sleep more. That's good. Mm-hmm. I would say the two most important things are making sure you have an adequate sleep routine before bed. Okay. So an hour before bed, you should not be on email. Mm-hmm. You should not be uh, watching Fox News or CNN or anything like that. Right. You should be spending time with yourself or your loved one or your pet and have time to unwind, yeah. have time to relax, take a shower. Like read a book, right? Do something to just chill. Journal, right? Meditate. Yeah, journal yeah, exactly. Totally. And then the second thing I would say is make sure you wake up at the same time every day, as close to that time as possible. Why is that? Because your body—I mean, I hate to say this—we're habitual. Yeah. We have we have been designed evolutionarily to be habitual, and we work in a rhythm, and our circadian rhythm is. I mean, you just flew from California. I'm sure your yeah. clock is all messed up. It's a little messed up, but yeah, I try not to get too much in my head about it because, especially in New York, LA, but I was just in Milan and yeah, I think about these things for sure. I got to go to Japan for the Olympics, you know, I, I'm already thinking about, oh shit, but you know, there's a point where I think that, first of all, I think a little bit of um, like stress, you know, especially someone like me who's so good at being adaptable and respecting the boundaries of stress, you know, um, I do think that like, uh, get a little dose and fucking see what you got. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You need a challenge. You need yeah. to be, yes. you know, flicked a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But don't get body slammed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That might be the intro job. <laughs> <laughs> get so flicked. Good. Don't get body slammed. I love it. Right. I love it. And that's how I think it should be approached. So okay. by waking up at the same time every day, it allows your body to get into a routine and we have seen that the your wake up routine has a large impact on your nighttime routine. So your sleep doesn't start at you know ten o'clock when you get into bed. It usually starts when you wake up. Yeah, and that's it. super important. So those are two things that I would say to have a more consistent biological response is mm-hmm. try to be as consistent with the things that need to be consistent as much as possible. I love right? that. So yeah. you know, I think doing fasting every day yeah. could be a stress for some people. Sure. So switch it up. Yeah. Right. And 
For me, I have no problem eating till, not eating till noon or one o'clock. Same. It's not a problem is, for me. Do you think, I mean, I don't know how to test this, but I just feel, because I don't have blood sugar issues or any, you know, um, I feel like I am very fat adapted just because mm-hmm. that, that is primarily my diet. You know, it's more protein, fat, and super low carb carbs from veggies and plants, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably yeah. why you think the engine can go longer without food. Well, it, it just depends on how your hormonal or stress response is. Cool. So if you sh- respond to stress more than the typical person, mm. which can be based on your allostatic load, I think everybody following this podcast should just go and research what allostatic load is because if you do that, it'll allow you to understand everything that I'm saying a cool. little bit better. I'll have it in the show notes. That's awesome. Yeah, just a yeah. definition of what is allostatic load. Yeah. But essentially what it is is it's a threshold as to which the body then crumbles. I was just going to say it starts to crumble. Yeah, yeah totally. So... Um, if you're under all these stressors, then all of a sudden you hit that like extra hour of fasting yeah. that can put you over the edge, right? Amazing. But some people can handle it. Right. Be, you know, I meditate every morning. I work out most days. I, well, one of my questions is what's your morning routine? My morning routine. My girlfriend knows to not interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. That's amazing. She's like, I'll let you do your morning routine. And I'm like, I'll let so you do important. your nighttime routine. Yeah. Yeah. She, She's the best. She's Yay. amazing, which is great because you need a partner in life and you need somebody who's going to help you be, and it doesn't have to be a girlfriend. It doesn't have to be a boyfriend. It could just be, who is that person going to support you? Yeah, totally. Right? And that's you a great know, point. That's also family too. A hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Like my brother, my sister, my mom, they're all great support cats yes. for me. Yes. Um, but my morning routine is I wake up around six o'clock mm-hmm. um, to be exact 5.55. That is because a good number. 5.55. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a 5 to 6 o'clock. It depends on when I go to bed. And I, yes. uh, yeah, I go to bed early. You go to bed early then. I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, 5.55 is the time I wake up. Why? Because I want to be done brushing my teeth by 6. So weird. Oh, amazing. So weird. You're such a weirdo. Right? You're talking to the right person. Though. Yeah. Ralph, you're My audience is used to my weirdness. I have a relationship with my muse when I meditate. It's a whole thing. So yeah. keep going. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, I and then I, you know, I brush. I brush my teeth. I prepare my coffee, my tea, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Before I have that, I meditate for about fifteen minutes. Okay. Um, I sit down. I meditate. I make sure I get into a right state of mind. I make my coffee. I don't touch my phone. Yeah. I don't look at my email. Only if it's like an urgent thing, right. that I'll make sure that I get those notifications. Um, You're not on Instagram. I am. Thing in the morning? No. no. Are you kidding? <laughs> Joke. Oh my god, you should have seen my face. No, I did. They should have seen it. Damn it, I should have had the video next time. Yes. Video. Yeah. Screenshot it. <laughs> so uh that's my morning routine. I get my coffee, I check my emails, I get my work done, I go to the gym, and that's pretty much how I start my day. So I want to ask you, what do you think is by having this morning routine, what are the biggest takeaways for you um from offering yourself this time and then these activities? You know, the meditation, the getting your coffee, like. What does it do for me? Yeah. Like, what is it giving to you? Control. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. Like I am, I am a person who likes to be in control. I like to know exactly what's going on. Don't surprise me. Okay. Okay. Like if you have like a, 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 I don't know, like a pink balloon coming my way right out after this, I'm going to be a little bit surprised. (laughs) I'm not going to like it. Right. But I, I don't like surprises. I like to be in control. It allows me to control and set the mood and the standard for the day. Okay. 
It's yeah. It's it's weird. No, know. it's not weird. I mean, I can relate to it. I think I would frame it. Uh, I think that there's a parallel for me. Um, a connection. I it's for me. You know, I get up. Say like I have my herbs. I don't even drink coffee until later. It's a whole herb thing, and then glutamine, and then I meditate. Um, sometimes I journal first. Other times I, it's it's a flip. But I'm priming my mind, yeah, and I'm, ready for the I'm day. connecting with self because I'm I'm an introvert, like I said. And you know, when it's time to go, I fucking go. I actually don't like sitting a lot. That's probably the hardest thing about podcasting. Like straight up, you know, if we can stand on podcast, but. Um, I love movement and I love being present and I think that being connected with self allows me to fully be in this space where I can be present, where I can put my hundred game into everything that I'm doing um, and just and really ultimately like more self-awareness, and more self-connection and, and yeah, I think that's a very, it supports me to live a very powerful life. So in a sense though, it's control too because I want to regulate my ability to fucking move through my day right. under my terms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be dictated by my mood. Totally. I want to dictate my mood. Can you say it one more time? I don't want to be dictated by my mood. I want to dictate my mood. And that's important because you don't want to be uh, a, a servant to your environment and like you shouldn't always respond negatively to a stressor, but you should always respond positively to a stressor. There's one person in med school. She was always happy after things. She's like, oh, I got a 75. I'm so upset. I'm like, so you should be upset. You should look upset. No, it's okay. It's going to be right. No, you're failing, dude. <laughs> like you're not going to finish the program. Right? Like be upset. Like that's a normal response. And, and I get concerned. Like, Okay, so, like, being in New York, I'm like, you know, oh, I'm so happy. Like, no, you're not. You should not be happy from this, right? And that's a normal response, I think. And that allows, that brings us back to reality. It's like, okay, this is a normal response. I identify with this. I acknowledge it. Now I can move forward. Fucking love what you said. You know, you you don't know this necessarily, but, like, my audience knows. I, a lot of people say I'm positive and positive. I'm like, that's cool. Sure. You know, I look to the light of things. But... It's, I don't identify myself with that as much. I'm empowered. Right. Because when shit sucks, it fucking sucks. And I'm calling it out and I'm understanding it. And I'm, I'm, I'm being real with it. Shit sucks, but I got this. This is hard, but I got this. Right. And that's, there's a very big difference because I, I, I very much feel a connection to what you said. Because it's like, no, there's something false in there. And that's not healthy. Right. Yeah, sorry. No, that's 100, 100% accurate. I agree. Uh, okay, I want to get into some fun stuff before I have to release you, um, okay. if you don't mind. Sure. I to, I'm going to look at... So, okay, if you had a magic wand... Right here. I'm throwing the pink balloon at you, like the surprise. Yeah. You're like, you or the pink mic like, here. I know, you like that. I love like, it. You're like, is this yours? No. I'm nope. just taking this one. <laughs> If you had a magic wand and you can, you know, magically instill the masses with one healthy lifestyle habit that would have an excellent ripple effect to their entire well-being, I know it's a big one. I think it's easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I can guarantee that every single human gets eight hours of sleep, I think we would solve a majority of the chronic health disease in this country. Number one, Alzheimer's, 
uh, hormonal imbalances, cardiovascular risk, uh, basically mental depression and mental illnesses. Yeah. I think sleep is a big factor in that. So okay. that's one thing I would say. Beautiful. If I can have everybody have eight hours of sleep, that would be ideal. Okay. I love that. That's, yeah. Magical. <laughs> no, it's so magical. People are like, I wish. Um, is there, I want to do some rapid fire words. This is something do I it. love doing with my guests, but I do want to ask you before I move into that. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to speak to or something that you don't really get to talk about, people don't really pull out of you, um, that you want to put out there? No worries if you don't, but I just, I want to, I like no, nothing really comes to mind. I think we, okay. we hit mostly, I mean, you kind of know me right now. It's like, <laughs> you feel like, I feel like you hit on everything. No, I think we've hit mostly everything. Um, and I think the one thing I just want to emphasize to people is that, you know, social aspects of health yeah. are important. Like make sure you get out, you know, be with people, yeah. socialize, talk to people. Don't isolate. That's super important. Yeah, that affects your hormones. Absolutely, right? get that dopamine. Get that. It just oxytocin. Humans. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was like, when I see my little nephews, I'm like, give me my oxytocin. <laughs> I literally say that. Like, yeah. or, or just buy a puppy. Or just buy a puppy. Yeah, I travel too much. I'm like, no, that's like a baby that doesn't grow up and move out. I'm like, you're cute, but no. I um, know what I love, dogs. Okay, so rapid fire words. Here we go. Right, there's no competition. <laughs> I was saying that to my guests because a lot of my guests are fucking high performers, so they get all excited like they're gonna compete. Okay. Okay, ready? Here we go. Love. And my response, sorry. Yeah, like whatever comes to your okay. top of mind when you hear okay. these words, your, okay. your thoughts, your feelings around them. Okay. Ready? We're gonna start again. Okay, sorry. No. Here we go, ready? Love. Affection. Okay. Fear. Raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Petrified. Seriously? Yes. That's amazing. Fuck all the raccoons. <laughs> not, not about it. Like them. Do they come around your place or something? They like? used to when I was a kid. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're sneaky. Oh, yeah. They don't like trash you. diggers. With yellow eyes. Kind of, yeah. No, totally, right? They are pretty scary. Sorry, um, those. I love it. Challenge. Easy. Curiosity. Study. Surrender. Vulnerability. Resilience. Strong. I said that's so weird. Strong. That's it. You pass a test. I, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the, obviously. I've never felt anything in my life. I love it. Oh, man, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I am so grateful. One thing that I want to say, um, you know, in doing all my fun research about you, 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 first of all, real knows real. Right. That's why Gabrielle and I, it's like, oh shit, you know, you just, you know, and then I really take it a step further that heart knows heart, mm -hmm. you know? And, and one thing that is so clear with you is that you're really in this game because you care and you know, you want people to know better so people can do better. And so I want to thank you for being such an amazing contributor, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't realize that I, my goal is not to monetize anything i just want people to value their health and hopefully everybody can just optimize the way that they feel and just to be the top performer that they want to be yeah i love it i'm with you i'm on okay. the mission and you're supporting it. so thank you i'm gonna high five you nice thank you all right you guys you know what to do follow this actually please it, all this stuff will be in the show notes can you let people know how to keep up with you sure mostly on instagram at dr.ralph esposito Okay. That's perfect. pretty much it. Okay. That's great. Everybody's talking about something. <laughs> All right, y'all. Catch you on the next one.
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.